Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, again, it is great to worship with you. I love that the opening hymn that we sang, you know, Mighty Fortress is Our God. A great hymn to sing as we continue this series, Fear, Faith in Uncertain Times. So as we do that, we kind of have a rhythm going here. You know, we ask a question and then give you the opportunity to respond. So here's the question. What was your favorite recess activity? What was your favorite recess activity? Whether that was decades ago or whether it's just a few months ago, but you're kind of learning at home, what was the thing you really loved to do when you had recess? I miss recess. You know, one of my favorite things to do in recess is a game that's about 150 years old now. And, and it's a game that, you know, is on a big pole with a ball about the size of a volleyball, with, and that ball is tethered to this pole on a rope. It's called, you know, the game, tetherball. I love tetherball. It's a fun game to play. I mean, you get there, and usually we line up, and you get that ball in your hand, and you punch that ball, and it would, you know, whip around the pole, and you're playing against somebody else, and usually they'd try to catch it and punch it back. I was never that good at the game, but it was a lot of fun. You know, and, and it was more fun if you played with somebody your size or if they were shorter than you were. Like, if I played against my brothers who are like, kind of like John, who read the scripture lesson, like six foot plus, a little bit harder because they usually just put their hands high, hit the ball, and I'm trying to catch it, and I could never catch the ball. But still, enjoy playing. I lost a lot of games, won a few games, you know. Tetherball, maybe it's the place that you got your first bloody nose. Maybe the place you had your first date. Maybe the place you just had a lot of fun, your first championship, and you won the first game. Whatever that game is, you know, the, the idea that we're going to focus in today as we continue this series is on tethering. And, and what are you tethered to in life? And here's the truth. God does not promise a trouble-free life, but he does promise to be with us in every trouble. Think about that for just a moment. God doesn't promise a trouble-free life. Sometimes you know, we think that God promises just because we follow him, we're going to have a trouble-free life. If we have just enough faith, there won't be any troubles. But the reality is, as we saw last week in the life of Job, Here's a man of faith who believed in God, yet he faced troubles. You read throughout the scripture, God's peoples face trouble. Sometimes it's an individual, sometimes it's a family, sometimes it's a whole community. Today we're going to take a look at the life of Daniel. We're going to see that he faced troubles. It's even Jesus tells us this, John 16, and let's read these words together. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Because I've overcome the world. So Jesus is saying here, you know, that here on this earth, as we live life day to day, week to week, year to year, we're going to face troubles, trials. We're going to have uncertainties in life, like this COVID-19. And everything else is going on in the midst of the COVID-19. But fear not, for I've overcome the world. God doesn't promise that we'll never have any troubles. But he does promise to be with us in every trouble in every situation, in every uncertain time. The year 1965, about 3.45 in the afternoon, hovering, orbiting above the Pacific Ocean, somewhere around Hawaii, Ed White steps out of the Gemini 4 spacecraft 
into space. Now, if you know space, outer space, you know that there is no gravity and, and that if you are in space, you just sort of simply float. And yet, Ed White stepped outside the spacecraft and became the first American to do a spacewalk. Because, you know, he had this confidence, this, this trust, that as he stepped outside his spacecraft, he was tethered to that spacecraft. He was anchored to it by this 26-foot tether. That even though he may have floated around, he wasn't going to float away. You know, that's the promise we have in our, in our faith. Our faith tethers us, anchors us, connects us to our God, to his promise and his presence. And we see that. We see that in the life of Job from last week, and we see that here today in the life of Daniel. But that's a question for you to kind of kick around here. Is who or what am I tethered to in this life? If you're like me, I mean, yes, I, I'm tethered to God, but then at times I tether to other things, my own abilities, you know, my confidence, other people, other situations. What we learn from Daniel is what it means to be tethered to God, especially when we find ourselves in the pit. So let's kind of step into this book of Daniel and give you a little backstory that's going on here. I mean, this is probably one of the more familiar stories, Daniel and the sleepover, the lions, right? But Daniel was a young man when he was carried from his home in Judah to Babylon. Judah, God's people, had been you know, taken captive by the Babylonians. For three years, he was trained in the king's court, and he served the Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar. He was well-loved and respected. And then when Nebuchadnezzar's successor took over, Daniel continued serving Belshazzar. And even as the Babylonians were overwhelmed and overcome by the Persians and the Medes, he then was serving King Darius. And this is where we find him today. Serving his almost entire life, lived in this life of captivity serving those that he was called to serve in the king's court, but ultimately serving and trusting his God. Now, Daniel was a satrap. A satrap is a, a great fancy word, if you heard that word read in Scripture, for a governor of a provincial area. So there were several satraps. They were responsible and accountable to the king, but they were giving a lot of, a lot of leeway to govern their particular area. And the other satraps, the other leaders, did not like how Daniel was respected and, and loved and honored by King Darius. And so they wanted to find some way to trap him. I mean, it sounds like politics today, doesn't it? They're, they're trying to find some way to trap him, but this guy has such an impeccable character, they could not find anything that they could set him up and get him in trouble for. And so they devised a plan. The only thing they could do is they could go with the habits that he had. And this one habit that he had was going to God three times a day in prayer. So they go to King Darius, and maybe King Darius was a little bit narcissistic. I, I, I don't know. You know but, but they go to King Darius, and they're kind of like, you know, King, wouldn't it be great if for 30 days nobody would pray to any other God, any other person. They would praise and pray to no other God, no other person but you, our wonderful King. And the king thinks, ah, you know, that sounds like a great idea. Nobody will worship anyone, praise anyone, pray to anyone but me. And so he writes it into law. And of course, they're like, you kind of mentioned those old sinister guys. Ha ha, we got him now. 
because we know Daniel. We know Daniel will still pray to his God. That's exactly what we hear. Daniel 6.10, let's read these words together. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God, to his God, just as he had done before. The trap was set. And these guys caught Daniel in the act of praying. Because, you know, Daniel would even open up his window and he would pray towards Jerusalem. He wasn't going to let this law stop him from praying to and praising and honoring and trusting his God. And so, of course, you know, these guys go to King Darius. King Darius, King Darius, hey, we found somebody who has uh, disobeyed this new law. And again, if you were listening, and if you know the story, if you disobey the law, you became lion food, right? You're going to be fed to the hungry lions. And again, these lions were not just well-fed lions. These lions were intentionally left hungry so that if you were thrown into the lion's den, you were quickly devoured. And King Darius, you know, like, well, who disobeyed this law? It's Daniel. And again, remember, Darius, you know, really loved and respected Daniel. And he's troubled because, you know, if there was anyone he didn't want to feed to the lions, it was Daniel. Yet, even as king, he could not disobey his own law. So he had to have Daniel thrown into the lion's den. Daniel was thrown into the pit. And this is what the king says. We're going to read these words, and I want you to remember these words. They're going to come back again. Let's read these words, Daniel 6.16. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. That's important for us to hear that. So Daniel's thrown into the lion's den. You know, they they close up the lion's den, and you get this idea that... um, King Darius is just kind of pacing back and forth. He, he just can't sleep. I don't know if you've ever had a night like that where something is just unsettling, whether you're actually physically pacing or tossing and turning. But Darius can't sleep until the sun rises. And as the sun comes up, of course, you know, he gets t- to the pit where Daniel is at. And he calls out, you know, Daniel! And, of course, you know, what is he expecting to hear? You're expecting to hear some well-fed lions. What he's hoping to hear is to hear Daniel's voice. And in verse 23, we hear as Daniel was lifted from the pit, there was no wounds on him because he had trusted God. See, Daniel had this habit, right, of praying and trusting God, even in the pit. Daniel was tethered to God even when he was in the lion's pit. Now, remember I told you, verse 16, we wanted to remember those words where Darius said, you know, may your God who continually rescues you, may he rescue you now, Daniel, and then went to bed and nervously tried to sleep. Verse 27, he makes this wonderful declaration throughout his entire kingdom. Let's read this together. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Darius because of Daniel's faithfulness, because Daniel trusted in God and knew God's faithfulness. The king makes this proclamation throughout his kingdom that no other God will be worshipped now besides Daniel's God. Have you ever found yourself in a pit? 
you know, again, this is an important truth for us to remember. God does not promise a trouble-free life. But he does promise to be with us in every trouble. He is with Job. He is with Daniel. So the question for us then, as you think about, you know, what it's like to be stuck in a, a pit. And then maybe there's hungry lions or what seems like hungry lions, maybe not. And this COVID-19 is definitely a pit that we are all inside. But even in the midst of that, you know, there are still things going on in our lives. We've got relational issues and stress, maybe because we're spending more time with our loved ones. And, and maybe there's uncertainty about our, our, our jobs and, and what the future holds for us. Maybe we're concerned about our health and our well-being or that of others. When you're in the pit, who or what are you dependent on? If I think about my own life, you know, I, I, I mean, I know I should, be, I should be tethered to God. I know that, that when I, I step outside the spacecraft like Ed White did, when I, when I step and I'm in the middle of the pit, that I should trust God. And it's not always easy. And we find that sometimes we trust and we tether ourselves to other things that really are kind of like a kite, you know. If you're holding on to the kite, what happens in a windy day if you let go of that kite? It flies away, right? Even though it was at one point tethered in our hands, if we let go, it's gone. And so when we are tethered to things that let go of us that are not secure, we don't have that comfort and that assurance. I love the words of Psalm 40, verse 2. They're beautiful words to those. And maybe if you're stuck in the pit right now, these are some great words to focus on this week. Let's read these words together. Psalm 40, verse 2. He pulled me out of a horrible out of the mud and clay, he set my feet on a rock and made my steps secure. It's just, that is such a powerful image of our God. You know, we talk about, you know, Daniel, and sometimes I hear preachers, you know, talk about Daniel and his faith and lines. They, they focus only on Daniel, and just like if we're like Daniel, we're obedient, and it's all about us. But see, the fact is, it's really not us tethering to God as much as it is God tethering to us through his son, Jesus Christ. His son, Jesus Christ, who, not unlike Daniel, prayed, who was wrongly accused, falsely accused, who was arrested, who was beaten and nailed to the cross, who died on the cross for our sins, and who was in the pit for three days and rose again to life. So what, what does life tethered to God look like? A life tethered to God, kind of, again, think about Ed White as he stepped out into outer space. Think about Daniel and Job. A life tethered to God does not mean a life that is trouble-free. It means a life where we know that God hears our cry for help. That no matter the troubles we face, we are not alone. That he is with us. It's the promise that Jesus gives to his followers I am with you always. God doesn't promise a trouble-free life, but he does promise to be with us in every trouble. And he is with you. You are not alone. Well, as we reflect on this story of Daniel and, and we talk about fear and, and feeding our faith instead of feeding our fears, you know, kind of like we did last week, this question here for us to wrestle with, what step could you take this week to be more tethered to God? 
Because just like you can feed your fears or feed your faith, you can tether yourself to other people, other things in this world, activities, ourselves, or we can tether ourselves to God in faith. And there are a number of things that are good practices, habits we can do, like Daniel. You know, spend some time in prayer. Being honest with God about the fears and uncertainties you have. Spending time reading his word, reading the words of Jesus from John that we heard read together a little earlier, that though we may have troubles and hardships and struggles in this world, he has overcome the world in his death and resurrection. Taking the words that he has in Matthew 28, that he is with us. He is with you right now and always. You see, in faith, our God tethers us to him, to a God who will never leave us, never abandon us, never give up on us, who's always with us. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you and we praise you that you are the God who is always with us. And we pray, Lord, that like Job, like Daniel, like Ed White, who stepped outside that spacecraft, we would step out in life knowing that you are with us, that no matter what we face, Lord, we are in faith tethered to you and to your promises to your promise to love us, to forgive us, to be with us always. Remind us, Lord, that even in the midst of the troubles and trials and hardships that we may face, the uncertainties and the fears, we are not alone. That in faith, you strengthen us to trust you and that you will rescue us. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.